0: This is the Inspiration Science Podcast, your guiding podcast on evolving your own science and life to holistically strive. We believe there is no general way of living and healing, but your universal way. You succeed the highest when you do you. On this podcast, we'll dive into deep conversations on mental health and aligning purpose to business for enlightening harmony in life. I'm your host, Ossian June. Welcome, everyone, to the Inspiration Science. I'm so excited to welcome today my guest on my show. Her name is Stacey Wood, as she is an author, speaker, coach, facilitator, who is a thought leader, especially in the space of women's leadership. And she guides people to put their dreams into actions. She has different programs she offers for individuals as well to level up their confidence, self-leadership skills, so they can really own their unique path. And she works with both men and women. However, she focuses um, on women particularly, and we'll hear today why and what her experience is and as well as on how you can lead yourself better in, in your life. And um, again, thank you so much, Stacy, for coming on. And Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. You know, I would be curious to know in terms of like the podcast, um, you know, like how did your entrepreneurial journey start in first mm. place? Um, and, you know, what made you to take this full cut decision to go all in with that? Yeah, I think...
1: I'm just one of those people that from the beginning, I always knew I wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know in what capacity when I was younger. And I would have kind of a dorky pastime where I would write business plans, trying to come up with what it was that I was going to do for myself. Um, My career started in medical sales and I spent a long time there. So it's a little taste of entrepreneurship because you're given a territory and a goal you have to hit and you just go out and make it happen. You're on your own on an island, I always say. I, I liked that. I thrived on that, but I really needed something I could make my own. Mm-hmm. And once I started having children, sort of that fresher time clock sped up for me because I really wanted work to work for me. I didn't want to work traditional hours that someone else said I had to work just because that was the rule. I love working. I'm a hard worker and sometimes I work more hours than I should, but I also wanted the flexibility to get my kids off the bus in the afternoon or to drop them off at school in the morning, to stop in and have lunch with them at school. So I needed that combination of my own ideas and my own control of my schedule Um, to find my way forward and eventually mm-hmm. uh, i was in a networking group where it was a bunch of women trying to find their path and take that next step and i was describing my ideal job and one of the women looked at me and said stacy i think you want to be a coach and i said oh so cool what is a coach i did not know So I started doing research and realized, absolutely, that's where my passion and my strengths overlapped. So I found a place to get certified as a coach, and the journey began.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. And, you know, like, I'm not a mom yet, so I don't know, but I can imagine a lot of women say having children is very life-changing, and how they think, how it affects their behavior, realizations they have. And you mentioned like, at some point you were kind of tired, like just being a mom, you had like kids and you mentioned like a certain pressure, like you wanted to go into work. So how did, you know, like your life transformed after having children mm-hmm. and I'm curious on your thought process, like internally, like shifting into that. What is like maybe yeah. the challenges a mom? Yeah,
1: it's a great question. Um, You're right, having kids changes everything. And I certainly don't wanna speak for all women because it's a different experience for every parent out there. Um, But for me, I had a wonderful job when I had my kids um, and I was still in medical sales. So I still had a lot of autonomy, but there was still a lot of checking the box and doing things the way other people wanted. And I had a really large territory. So I was on the road all the time. And after you get a call from the nanny or the preschool that your kid is sick and you're three hours away and you have to drive home, it's it becomes a bit of a grind. Um, I also really wanted to show my children that if you have something you're passionate about and you set your mind to, that you can achieve it. So for me, it was never about not wanting to work. I don't think that I'm wired to be a stay-at-home mom. I think I would probably drive my family crazy. Um, I just need some work to do. Even though my most important and greatest job in the world definitely is raising my kids, uh, to try to raise them into good humans, to put good back into the world. But I could feel this shift, this need to be available for them It doesn't mean that I can be at all the things all the time still, right? Sometimes I'm traveling for business and I can't be at things, but I do have more control over what I say yes to and what I say no to. And that choice is really powerful for me so that I can be at the
0: moments that I deem most important. Wow, that's nice. And you mentioned that you have a better control on what to say yes or no to. And I think that's so important in decision making in entrepreneurship as well. And in life, everything that shapes that, you know, what are some of the things that has helped you? People talk about values, other people talk about long-term, short-term goals. What's <laughs> the baseline for you to take those decisions?
1: Yeah, I, I think especially for women, we have a hard time saying no in general. Right. We're wired to want to be caretakers and make people happy and support people around us. So whether in our personal life or in our business life, our our gut reaction is oftentimes yes, even if it means we're going to sacrifice something we're working on or get no sleep. And I was a yes girl for a long time as well. And eventually you burn out. And you realize you can't do all the things all at once. You kind of have to spread them out over the seasons of life. And so for me, I now weigh my choices and my yeses and my noes through a very clear lens of what my priorities are. Every year I do what I call a journey map and I walk my clients through the same process. And it's about really categorizing the most important things in your life and getting it out on paper. We do this amazing, huge brainstorm and come up with all the things that matter to us. And then we start to prioritize it and organize it. So we can see a few clear initiatives. What really matters most? What is your true North in life that at the end of this whole journey, you're going to look and say, you know what, I based my decisions off of my true north. And I said yes to that as much as I could and no to the stuff that didn't support it as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get going through life. So it's a combination of your values, your morals, your goals. But we put it all on the journey map. And then it stays there visible for you throughout the year. So that when you're faced with, oh, should I say yes to this work opportunity that's you know, five states away and is going to take me away during my daughter's birthday. I can go back to instead of the emotional decision of, oh, I'm flattered that I have this opportunity or the emotional decision of I can't leave my daughter on her birthday and come back to what it is that I said mattered. And that gives you a nice lens that that doesn't wax and wane with emotion. We our emotional beings and we have a gut reaction to things, but sometimes when we take a step back and look at the parameters that we've set for ourselves, it's a
0: lot easier to make a decision. Yes, definitely, and I love that you mentioned the topic of goal setting because I think it's one of the most things that is important in terms of to lead ourselves to recognize you know to have the clarity first and then realize what's the priorities where I'm heading to, and when when it comes to goals, like in my experience, sometimes I set the goals all around business performance, you know, with all the goal, yeah. the things, and then I realized it's a lot about you know setting more tangible goals, like smart goals about about performance, about habits to improve and simultaneously about health, about family instead of just like 100% business. And I see a lot of women when they go into their coaching, they're like, yeah, I want to make my million. I want to build my team. So all goals are only business focused apart from, you know, one or two. So giving a bit more, you know, context on how do you like set these goals? Do you have like business personal goals? Do you do it like all over the place? Yeah. Like, how do you go about that? I love that question because um, that is why I developed the journey mapping
1: process. It literally starts with getting a stack of post-it notes. And for each thing that you want to focus on or spend time on or improve upon, you write one thing per post-it note. And I tell my clients, get a blank wall or desk and just start ripping post-it notes and keep going until you're out of ideas. From there, we back it down and really... I come in to help guide them on looking for the patterns, right? Um, We, just as you said, a lot of times when you ask people to write their goals, they're very business oriented, but we're not a single faceted human. You know, we have lots of sides to what makes us unique and who we are. And we each have a very different formula as to what our priorities are with family, with health, with business we often ignore bringing that all together when writing our goals. And so in journey mapping, we get it all out on the table. We go through and prioritize the themes that keep recurring and then we break it down into buckets. And sometimes it works out that there's a business bucket, a health bucket, a family bucket. But sometimes, you know, I have clients, I have one woman who I just, I've worked with for years. And last year she came to me and one of her buckets was be a light. And that meant to put good out into the world. And so that encompassed all sorts of things like her hobby with writing, mm-hmm. her volu- her time to volunteer, how much time she spent loving and engaging with her husband, um, training new people in her company. So it really touched many facets of her life, but it all came back to this key concept that she wanted to lift other spirits which I thought was a beautiful way to look at it, because who would have come up with that if you hadn't taken the time to get everything out on paper? And so once we do that, then we get around finally to the goal setting process, because then you have some clarity over, again, back to that concept of what your true north really is,
0: what drives you and what really matters to you. Yes. Wow. But that's beautiful. I love the process that you mentioned that people just should let it out. You know, everything that just pops up, all the ideas, because I think some people, they kind of are in a self-expression mode where they don't fully let out, but only like have ways. Um, so that's really beautiful that you you know guide people towards that and you know another thing is when it comes to leadership you mentioned that you particularly help women although you also do support men mm-hmm. um, and I'm curious like do you think there is a major difference on how women lead themselves compared to men because you know I, women are different by nature they're differently wired we tend to be more emotional we have deeper empathy levels and strengths and weaknesses so what's kind of some of the major differences you see when it comes to women's leadership and business? That's such a great question. And you're hundred
1: percent right. If we look at the biologically male brain and compare it to the biologically female brain, there are vast differences. We have different hormones that are surging in different amounts. Um, There's different amounts of gray matter and white matter. There are different uh, triggers that excite the amygdala which is the fear center. And so as women, one of the things that we should be aware of as we process through our days is that when our amygdala, so the fear center in the brain, when it gets triggered, we stay in rumination mode, meaning we keep the thought in there and we chew it over and over and over again. Whereas men are actually wired for the fear center to light up and then to let it go. And so they have an easier time facing some of those scary things and moving past it, which is a really wonderful leadership trait. For us as women, we can be just as wonderful as a leader as our male colleagues, um, but we come to the table with different natural skill sets. And so one of the things that can get in our way is that fear center and getting stuck on repeat. And that's where we see women who will say, I have imposter syndrome, or I struggle with confidence. It all ties back to the same concept that they get a little thought of, maybe I'm not good enough, and they get stuck on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas men will also have that thought at times in their career, but they're easier, they're, they're able to move on a little easier than we are. So we just need to be aware of it and then bring an antidote to the situation. And the anecdote to fear is always action. Mm-hmm. So when we're afraid, If you can stop and say to yourself, I know I feel scared. What's really the worst outcome if I make this choice? And can I take one step forward? Do one thing in action against this fear. And that starts you on the path to moving past it. The other really interesting thing about men and women in our brains that can be helpful and hindrances when it comes to leadership is men are really good and wired at focusing on one task at a time. Mm -hmm. Whereas as women, we're wired to be more of a multitasker. So I always say, think of it in terms of file drawers. And if you're a man, if you have one file drawer open, if you want to open the one below it, it's going to force the top drawer closed. But if you're a woman, we'll have like five file drawers open and we'll just rifle back and forth between all drawers all day long it's a really wonderful trait to be able to manage all of that. But oftentimes when it comes to leadership, what we really need to do close down some of those files and focus in on just one or two. Whereas the men need to be able to be a little bit more flexible and let go of the task at hand and consider another file at times. So we both have areas where we excel and where we can continue to improve our leadership abilities.
0: Oh, that's very interesting that you say that. And I can definitely relate. You can also, I think I can also see that obviously, you know, in moms, moms are such a good example. You know, they manage so many different things, especially if they have business, kids, and then they jog around 10, 5 different things. And often they're able to. Um, and then a lot of men, some men are really good in multitasking and others are like really terribly bad. So they have this one attention thing and they need to right. fix that thing and, and then finalize that. And one of the other thing is that, you know, these days when it comes to women empowerment, there are some women, they go really the extreme route. They're like only women, women. And then it puts a different image to that, that some people say that's feminism. That's like too aggressive. And for me, it's about bringing those powers together as men and women to channel those energy as one. And I mean, that also comes from, you know, the biblical way on, you know, how everything started with Adam, Eve, with all the things. And and how do you see that? What's your view on women leadership? What's your view on women empowerment that you would mm. take stance on? Or, you know, how would you differently transform that? Yeah,
1: I think we probably have very similar views. I don't believe that the world is out to be against women. I don't believe that we are victims. I don't believe that playing in the victim space is productive for anyone. I think that Business naturally evolved with men at the helm and men designed business around the way that their brains work. And so bringing awareness to everyone, to both sides of how we do have brains that work differently. And when they come together, we have this incredibly powerful process where we can be productive in our relationships, where we can be productive in our business maneuvers. And it's not to say that, two women working together can't be kick-ass awesome pair, or that two men working together can't be a kick-ass awesome pair. But there is just something about that variety that you get from the female point of view and the male point of view that makes for really great stuff in business when people are aware and working together. So my belief is really that I am here to help women have the awareness and build their skill set so that when they come to the office, If they're working with a traditionally male group, they understand how the men are thinking and functioning, and they can bring the complementary skills to help rise all buoys. I also want them to understand if they're working with a bunch of women, how we think as women and how we end up tripping over ourselves or getting in our own way or what we have that are our natural superpowers and how we can collectively work together together to, again, raise everybody around us in the business. I don't see it as a competition. I don't see it as men versus women. I see it as really just continuing to deepen our awareness of self and of others. And that just goes back to the idea for the premise of everything that I really teach in in my coaching and my business consulting, that self-awareness is where we have to start and self-leadership is the key.
0: Wow, I liked it. And I align with them so much because, you know, I've invested in so many different mentorship, mastermind experiences. And I think for me, one of the most profound transformational experiences I had was an awareness training that was like mm-hmm. going few weeks and I never thought it would be so transformational and I found the same thing that the highest return on investment is actually leadership skills but unfortunately people don't see that you know if you kind of make an you know an offer around make more money like all people want to make more money but if you tell them level up your mindset or level up your leadership skills self-leadership they don't see the ROI although that could be their next million you know right You know, you also mentioned about, it's about owning each other's like uh, our own path. And I think it's also, you're right on this podcast because I speak a lot about there is no right or wrong way, but your way, you have to evolve your own frameworks in life, the things that works best for you. So could you tell us a bit more about your work, your book, because I know you wrote a book about this, um, about owning our unique path. So I'd be curious to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I I do love that you and I are so aligned in this conversation. It makes it so fun to talk about. But um, like you, I don't believe that there's just one way. And I think so many times in life, there's so much going on that it's easier to go to the default of following the beaten path and going in the footsteps of everyone who's come before you. There's a lot of wisdom that is worn into those paths. And we certainly can go down those paths and learn. But unless we pause and take a moment to identify what what matters to us, what our true north is, what we really want to achieve, how we really want to live in this life, we're going to get to some point in our life where we're disappointed because we don't feel that sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And so... I love to encourage people to be a leader of self. When you are a leader of self, that means you have the awareness, you know your strengths and your weaknesses, and you're working to make choices based off of your own true north. Not to say that it's a selfish selfish place to be because it's not about stepping over other people to get what you want, but when we bring our best selves to the table through self-leadership, then we're able to be a great leader to others and help them along their journey as well. Help them to draw out their unique journey. And so my second book is gonna be coming out in May-ish of 2023, and it's called Own Your Journey. And it's designed really to help people have a daily bite of inspiration. Just one lesson a day. It's a 365-day process where you read a passage, And then we break it down. And how can you apply that one inspirational lesson in self-leadership to your life today? Mm -hmm. So it's not overwhelming. You can do just tiny bites every day. And before you know it, you're well on your path to improving your self-leadership. And that's what we call getting to next level leadership by continuing to level up and
0: challenge yourself and grow. That's so amazing. Well, I'm going to put this below as well. So for all the people who want to purchase your first book or your second book as well. I think it's amazing to get those insights as well. And as we mentioned, like I think self-leadership, it plays such a big role because it comes down to everything like beyond business, like family life, how you lead relationships and the health and everything else. And you know, like practically speaking, many people these days do talk about leadership and they give their advice and tips around that. But mm. as you know, pragmatically speaking, it's always sometimes different, especially when when the hard time hits. And then people go through emotional chaos. We have a lot of frustration sometimes. And to get clarity, we get lost sometimes in a lot of thoughts, especially as a women, we are so emotional about things and you feel like you're banging yourself to the wall. So what are some of the lessons you had or what yeah. did you automatically do during those hard times when you felt like everything is in chaos to apply self-leadership in those times?
1: Yeah, um, so I can tell you what I did for years and years and years that didn't work. And that was when it would be a hard time or stressful time, I would just push harder. So I would just sort of dig my heels in the ground and keep going and I hit burnout so many times. I, You always hear about celebrities um, who are suffering from exhaustion. And I always thought that meant drug overdose. And that was the polite way of saying it until I actually started experiencing exhaustion and ended up in the hospital and would be literally sick, just flat out on the floor from exhaustion. It is real when you push your body and you keep pushing back when your body starts to give you warning signs of it's too much happening all at once. It eventually fights back and says, I've tried to give you warnings, but you're not listening. So we're going to, we're going to take a break one way or another. And I had to learn again, I, I can't do everything all at once. And that's what i wanted to do for so long. I have all these ideas and goals and um, visions. And so just want to make it all happen but you have to take a step back and you have to really prioritize what matters in this moment. And again, that's about owning your journey and knowing that, you know, I led my daughter's Girl Scout troop for six years and it was amazing. And there was a, a period in there where it was too much. I probably shouldn't have been leading it and starting a business and having little kids and building a new house and, 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 but, um, You know, you make it through and then you have some lessons in hindsight. And so now what I try to do when I feel the pressure coming and instead of saying yes to everything like I would have in the past as a knee jerk, almost like piling more on is going to be helpful somehow. Now I go back to saying, all right, what did I put on my journey map? What really are the big things I need to focus on so that I I know what to say yes to? And then also... I try to really balance myself every day with a couple of things. I try to lean into my gratitude statements daily, thanking the universe for all the goodness and abundance in my life. I very much believe in the the power of abundance and abundant thought. And when we are grateful and appreciative and believe in abundance, there will always be more than enough for us. Whereas if we focus on lack or what we don't have, then we're never going to have enough, never enough time, enough sleep, enough money, enough connections, whatever it might be. So I try to make a daily practice out of being grateful and acknowledging the abundance in my life and the support that the universe brings to me to help me
0: live a healthy, happy, safe, and productive life. Mm-hmm wow thank you so much for pointing out gratitude i think that's another powerful way to again to own our past and make things happen and it's actually funny to say that because oftentimes even before like i tapped into full entrepreneurship i heard these quotes to lead an abundant life you must practice gratitude and yes. i think it made logically sense and i think many people think wow what a nice quote but then once i lived that i was like I, it's so true because now i get the context you know and i would like you make an example like for example if someone does something for you like a little favor and you're grateful for that you reinforce that action of that person and the person who sometimes wants to give even more or do more for you and you reciprocate those things and you want to give more therefore the abundance grows on the connection level it can grow in service it can grow in money because people can feel when you're thankful people want to give you more when you're thankful i think that's sometimes the practical ways because some people they just think oh well what a nice quote! Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful, and that's all. And then they move <laughs> on, and instead of taking the time to own the presence and you know really go on as yeah. well. And another thing is like you know the, about the different paths. There are some people they're very clear about their purpose, about their past. Mm-hmm. They know their calling, you know, and all of that. And there are people they have no clue. They are very all over the place, and right. I think, yeah. and then they start to compare themselves with others. And they're like, oh, I should be doing that and that. So what is kind of your, you know, what's the thing that you would share with a person that has no freaking clue what they should do in life? Where should they start? Yeah, I
1: think all of us are there at some point, right? And when you have it figured out, then life throws you a curveball and you have to start all over again. So first of all, if you feel like you're in this space, know that you're not alone and you're also not unique. Congratulations. You're just human. Um. What I encourage my clients to do when they're in that space, we have some exercises we go through, of course, and talk through it. But some of the easy things you can do on your own, start to make a list of all the things that you're passionate about. Make one list, everything you're passionate about. Make a second list and detail what your skills are. What are your unique skills in life? And it may be doing hair and makeup. It might be making healthy, delicious meals. It might be engaging with other people. There are a million skills that we all have. And I promise you that everybody out there has more than one skill. So we're not accustomed to making this list and talking about all our great skills. It's a really wonderful exercise. But be forewarned, it can be hard. Give yourself some time. Give yourself some grace to, to go through it. Once you have your two lists, I encourage you to sit down and compare them and look for the overlaps. Because the intersection of where passion and skills meet
0: is really where your purpose is in life. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's a powerful exercise and I totally agree to, again, map it out to get it all out there, the passions laid out and to practically do it. Because often I found it's very different to do something practically and versus thinking of, oh, if I would do that and this and this, and then you realize you don't like it. And sometimes you realize, oh, that's what I like. So you have to kind of explore that and allow yourself to try it out until you find the thing, like, that's the thing I want to do. So that's amazing. And um, lastly, um, I know, Stacey, we can go on for maybe like, not. <laughs> but um, to wrap it up, what's like a life motto that you have or is there any specific quote or anything that you live by that daily inspires you? Um.
1: Yes, it's funny you should ask, because earlier in my life, I was looking for a quote that I could live by. And I was like, you know what? I can't find one that hits on all the things. So I'm going to write my own quote for myself. Um, because that's what I tend to do is just make my own rules as I go. So here we are. I live by this quote every day, and it's this. Life is crazy, so find your own balance and enjoy the
0: journey. Amazing. That it suits really well with what you teach, to map out their unique paths and everything. So that's so powerful. And where can people best connect with you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is actually
1: over on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active. Um, and it's Stacy Bestwood, B-E-S-T is my maiden name, or you can find me through the business, Through the Woods Consulting. I'm both places there on LinkedIn. That's my primary hangout spot. Um, if you're looking for either of my books, the both one is currently on Amazon. The other will be soon. So you can find my author page, Stacy Wood on Amazon. And, um, you can also find me over on my website, which is
0: www.ttwoods.com. Amazing. Well, I'm gonna tag all the things below. And as well as thank you so much, Stacey, for coming on, sharing your story, the wisdom that you have beyond business. And for all the other people, give Stacy a follow, connect with her on LinkedIn, purchase our book, especially if you're a powerful lady. And as we know, we are, I think there are a lot of ladies out there with so many visions, so many visions, and yet we feel like banging ourselves to the wall because we overdo, we push ourselves through. And there are just better ways how to do that, how we can have it all and how to harmonize it in our own way. So I think that's so beautiful. And if you want to level up your self-leadership skills, again, with the highest ROI in your whole life beyond business, then reach out to Stacey. Um, She's the person to go. And again, thank you so much, Stacy. And I speak to you next time. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, beautiful souls, thank you so much for taking time out of your day life to untangle wisdom and abundance on all levels. If you feel connection to this audio experience, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Your Universal Way, and my personal Instagram, OssinJoon, o c i n j u n And always remember, there is no right or wrong way, just your universal way. See you next time.